I don't know what the relationship with that shepherd is, but most shepherds, when they make those little noises, the sheep come running. Maybe the sheep was apprehensive. Maybe there was, who knows what was going on. But a sheep will listen to the voice of the shepherd. And there's nothing like the sweet voice of Jesus. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible-teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. The shepherd calls the sheep by name, showing that the shepherd has a personal connection with the sheep. The shepherd leads them, providing direction and leadership without driving the sheep. In the common sheepfolds of ancient times, the shepherd merely gave his distinctive call and his sheep came out from the others, following him out of the sheepfold. Sheep are experts at discerning their shepherd's voice. Today as believers, we know that Jesus promised he would know us who follow him and we would know his voice. Now here's Pastor Rob's lesson for today, already in progress. And so we would put cones up at the end of the driveway, and we'd tell her, honey, you can drive anywhere on this blacktop in this area, but don't go near that area. And I remember one time, she's driving her big wheel, and she's barreling down the thing, and I'm like, is she going to stop? You know, And cars are just flying by, they're not even paying attention. And I had to tell her one day, She got so close, I thought she was going to go out into the road. And why did I put those cones up? Is it because I'm just a mean dad? No, I put those cones up to protect her. I had to give her a boundary, and she was free within that boundary. But the world says, oh, no boundaries is freedom. Ah, but that's not the truth. When you have a well-defined godly boundary, that's for your good. It's for your protection. That's freedom, folks. That is freedom. Freedom is not being free from boundaries. No, we need to be hemmed in, if you will. The law is a boundary. Try going through the Browncroft here uh, at a red light, going about 100 miles an hour like we saw a few months ago, and the guy hit a curb and went airborne and flipped over on its back and skidded down here in front of the fast track. Try disobeying the law and not obeying those signs and see what happens. Thank God that person lived. But what happens normally Major, major trouble, sometimes even death. We know that the world is a rough and it's a dangerous place. We need to be hemmed in. We're taught to obey rules, and when we disobey and we get caught, we always think, I wished, I wished I would have listened. We need boundaries. God knows that we need boundaries. And when we look at Genesis, we saw the very first boundary that God gave to Adam. Notice what it says. The Lord took the man, took Adam, put him in the Garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. 
and uh, commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it you will surely die. The boundary or the restriction was for his protection. And yet, isn't it true that every human being, due to our fallen nature, we resist boundaries? We're always testing the boundaries. Kids do this when they're young with their parents. You tell them no. You tell them no, and you say, Johnny, don't touch the stove. It's red hot. And what do they do? Do they just go, okay, and then they walk away? No. What do they do? They get right up to the burner. And they test it, and you're... (laughs) You know, you're, you're, on, you're on the edge because you're, <laughs> you're trying to teach them a lesson. They're not listening. You have to give them a boundary. But freedom is not a lack of boundaries. But it's the boundary that gives us freedom. Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever. But a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Are you free this morning? Are you in Christ? Are you free? I'm free. I'm so glad that I'm free. You know, sometimes I think about people who are in jail. There's, there's men and women who are incarcerated, and they're, they're born again. They get saved in jail, and they're more free than the people on the outside who have freedom, but they don't have freedom. They're still a slave to their sin. They might as well be shackled up. Because they are, in a sense. And yet people on the inside are more free than those on the outside. But what did Jesus say again? Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke. Yes, a yoke. It seems like a confining thing. Because when you take two animals and you yoke them, or you take two things and you, you yoke them together, they've got to move in the same rhythm. They've got to do the same thing. And Jesus says, take my yoke. Upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We have to get into the yoke and find that there's safety, that there's blessing in that place of being yoked together with God. As Christians, we actually have freedom not to sin rather than freedom to continue in sin. The world says, Just let me do what I want. That's complete freedom. No, you're shackled. And before long, that sin, whatever it is, is going to shackle you, and you are going to be in chains in darkness. It's a matter of time. And you all know it because many of you were in shackles and in chains before you came to Christ. In fact, it was probably because of those shackles and chains that you finally got sick of your master, Satan. And he said, I want a new master who really cares for me. Satan could care less about you. He wants to destroy you. And anybody who's dominated by him, all they want to do is take, steal. They want, to, they want to steal. They want to rob. They want to kill. They want to murder. That's all that Satan can do. What a great master he is, huh? Ah, but God says, I, I want to give you life and life more abundant. Will you receive that offer of his to be? his sheep, and to be taken care of like that? The more I understand the grace of God, the less likely I'm willing to take God's grace for granted, and people do it all the time. But notice in verse 1 it says, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Remember, he is speaking to the Pharisees at this time. And there is a right and a wrong way to approach God. 
It's, it's his way, not your way. It is his way. We have to go God's way. We can't make things up and say, I, I'm going to get to heaven, but I'm going to do it my way. You remember back many years ago, Frank Sinatra, I don't know if he wrote this song, but he, he made famous a song called My Way. And I actually found the lyrics to that, and I read them, and the very last verse says this. and it, it, it's, just the, it's, un, it's an unfortunate verse because it just speaks of humanism, all that man can do, and the rebellion of man. It says, For what is a man? What has he got? If not himself, then he has not. To say the words he truly feels, and not the words of one who kneels. The record shows I took the blows, and I did it my way. My way. What? What an awful thing. What an awful lyric. I did it my way, not God's way. And yet Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But no, I did it my way. And God says, you can have your way if you want. Do you want to go your way? Then go your way. I'm going to come, I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt your life many times. But, you know, there comes a point, and this is a scary part, when God will allow you to have your way. And that's a very sad day for a man or woman. But the religious leaders, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they were seeking to earn their way into the kingdom apart from Christ. They were trying to climb up some other way to get into heaven. But Jesus, remember, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no man who comes to the Father except through me. He is the door, didn't he say it? He is the door. You have to go through him. It's a narrow way. It's a narrow gate. Difficult it is on that narrow path. And if you're a Christian, you know that things aren't easy. But I want you to know that God loves you. And he'll see you through on that path. These Pharisees that Jesus is speaking to, seeking to enter the kingdom of God on their own merit, but what does Romans 3 verse 20 says? By the deeds of the law, and otherwise, just even the obedience to the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Just because you do the law doesn't make you right before God. And besides, Ephesians, Paul tells them that for by grace, God's unmerited favor, have you been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, notice, not of works, lest any should boast. We can't boast. We can't do it. We can't climb up some other way. Just knowing about things is not good enough. Your heart has to be one. Your heart has to be engaged with Christ. You have to be born again. Isn't that what the Bible says? You must be born again. All right, is there anybody here not born again? Any, any of you today that are just curious, or, or maybe, you're, maybe you're wondering, I don't know if I am. Well, listen, why, why live in jeopardy any longer? Today, make that happen. It's simple for the asking, and the Lord wants you to come to him. He doesn't want you to be that sheep that's off in the desert. Have you ever been lost? Seriously, how long has it been? Do you remember the day? Maybe you were a little kid, and you were in the supermarket with your mom or dad, and you, were, you got lost. Somehow you walked away from them. They didn't know where you were. They were panicked. They were freaking out, and you were lost. Or maybe you were lost somewhere else, and you're like, maybe you're in the woods. You took a walk. You don't know where, you know, before the GPS and all that other stuff. And you got lost. Have you ever felt that way? Have you been in a position like that? Do you know how horrible that is? That's the most unsettling feeling in the world, to be completely lost. And humanity is lost. Men and women, 
lost, and yet God wants to bring you into his fold. In Isaiah chapter 60, speaking of the millennium coming to us and the the temple that will be built at that time, I love what it says. It says, Violence shall no longer be heard in your land, neither wasting nor destruction within your borders, but you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. Isn't that what the walls are? Isn't that what the confining is? Those are salvation. That's for your good. That's for your good. And and the gates praise. And after the millennium, when God creates a new heaven and a new earth, remember the walls of the new Jerusalem? We looked at this in Revelation 21 um, months ago. Speaking of the new Jerusalem, it gives us the dimensions of it. It says the city is laid out as four square. Its length is as great as its breadth, and he measured the city with the reed 12,000 furlongs. Its length, breadth, and height are equal. 12,000 furlongs is roughly 1,360 miles in length, width, and height. I mean, if you were to look at America, and, 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 and I mean, that, that's, that's about the, 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 the dimensions of it. I don't know exactly how that's going to look in the New Jerusalem, but that's what it says. And what is it? It's a boundary. It's a place for the people of God, all of the redeemed. And believe me, there's going to be plenty of space for everyone, much, much space. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would tell you. But he's coming. He's going to take us. But back in our text in verse 2, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep, and to him the doorkeeper opens. Notice, and the sheep hear his voice. Do you remember that shepherd, that little video clip as he's making the noise? I don't know what the relationship with that shepherd is, but most shepherds, when they make those little noises, the sheep come running. Maybe the sheep was apprehensive. Maybe there was... Who knows what was going on? But a sheep will listen to the voice of the shepherd. And there's nothing like the sweet voice of Jesus. Have you experienced the voice of God speaking to you? When you're in the Word quietly, maybe when you're in prayer, maybe just in the still, small voice in your heart, the Lord encouraging you to do something, to say something. And it's such a sweet voice. It's not a thundering angry voice. It's a still, small voice. He doesn't compel us. He doesn't make us do anything. See, that's what a good shepherd does. A good shepherd doesn't beat the sheep. He doesn't yell at the sheep. And the sheep hear his voice. I remember back in 2011, we were in Israel, and the tour bus was, we were in Jerusalem, we were staying at Ramat Rachel. It's it's like a kibbutz, a very nice hotel, and we were going from there, and I, I forget where it was. We might have been going down to the Dead Sea that day, and then we went through Bethlehem, and, and our bus is going down the hill, and we're going through all these just beautiful landscapes, pastures, and everything else, rocky areas. And impromptu, the, our, our tour guide at the time, he says, stop the bus. So the bus driver pulls over, and we look off and we see this little cloud coming toward us. And it was a shepherd, two teenage, uh, a teenage girl and a teenage boy. And they were shepherding this flock of sheep. Probably 30, 40, 50 of them, something like that. And they saw the bus pull over. And so they all came toward us. And the shepherd was leading them. 
And as he's walking, he's making these noises, and the sheep are following him to a bunch of strangers, a bunch of New Yorkers. You know, and we got that euphoric look on our face, you know, like we're in Israel, and, and, and this is the real deal. I mean, this is the land, and the, the, here's these sheep, and we're seeing the, the, young, the young boy, you know, like, making these noises, and these sheep are coming over. And I'll never forget this moment. It was, it was a beautiful moment. It was impromptu, and that's what made, made it even more special. But there was one lady, and I, I'm sorry I'm digressing on this, but there was one lady on our tour that time. Her name was Thelma, and she was a wheelchair. She was in a wheelchair. And I remember we got her off the bus and we sat her there and these sheep were coming all around her. And it was the sweetest moment. But I was listening to the shepherd. He was making all these noises. And of course, he, he, he made it rich that day because every one of us are getting pictures with the sheep and little videos. And we're handing him a dollar, two dollars, five dollar bills in cash. I mean, this kid was like loaded. Before we all left, he was like, you know, wearing an Armani suit by the time we left. But when he left, it was so interesting. When it was done, he just started walking and started making those noises, those little noises that each of the sheep knew, and those sheep just followed him. Not one of them stayed behind. They all followed him. The time was over, and they just followed him. And I thought to myself, wow, that is awesome. That's the voice of God, in a sense, to us. Notice the intimacy. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. The intimacy that that God has, that the shepherd has with the sheep, that God has with us. And he gives them a name and he leads them out. I wonder what some of the names may be of us that he might have for us. Maybe dopey. Maybe sleepy. Sneezy. Grumpy. Happy. Bashful. What's your name? What name would God give you? I'm afraid of what he'd give me. But you remember, you remember in the book of Revelation, it says in Revelation 2, verse 17, speaking to the church of Pergamos, Jesus writing the letter to them, it says, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name, written which no one knows, or I'm sorry, on the stone a new name, written, which no one knows except him who receives it. See, that's God, the great shepherd, knowing us by name. And even when we're with him, he's going to give us a new name. I wonder what that new name will be for us. Whatever it is, it'll be characteristic. It'll be individual. It'll be unique. And why? Because God knows you. He knows me individually, intimately, And the name that he gives us on that white stone at that day will mean everything to us because it'll be who God looks at us and he says, you know what? This is who you are. And it's going to be a name that's going to extol the virtues of who you have become in Christ. And I like that. And he will receive glory as a result of that too, won't won't he? Notice in verse 4, And when he brings out his sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Unlike many leaders today, notice Jesus lived the example. He lived the example. He walked the example before people. He didn't say, do what I do, but, you know, or, or do what I say, but don't do as I do. No, Jesus did what he said that he preached. What he preached, he did. That's important, isn't it? Because you can tell your children... Honey, don't smoke when you're a teenager, or don't smoke when you get older, and yet you smoke. 
You can tell them all you can, all, you can till you're blue in the face, honey, don't do this. But if they see you doing it, they're going to do it. Chances are. Because the truth of it is not real to you. And if it's not real to you, why should it be real to them? So the impetus really then is on us as shepherds, if you have children. And even if you don't have children, notice that there's children all around this church. And there's children all around you in your families and your friends, your extended family. There's kids, there's children. You need to be a shepherd. Be a faithful, be a good shepherd for those kids. Be the example for them, right? Be willing to do and, and follow what you preach to do the things. And don't be condemned when you make a mistake, when you sin. You just confess it and get up and keep walking, right? But even Jesus, he didn't come to be served. He says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus, as the good shepherd, laid down his life for each of us. And when Jesus comes back at his second coming, we looked at this months ago when we were in the last part of Revelation, when Jesus returns in his second coming, notice who's leading and who's following. What does it say in Revelation? I saw in heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And I think of horses now, and I think of those Border Patrol guys. Love that. It looked like a Marlboro commercial. Sorry to say that, but you know, you see them out there, and the necks of the horses, and the guys are reaching down, you know, and it just uh, it looked very... Um, Iconic. But when Jesus returns, he's coming back on a white horse. And his name is faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. And his eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. And notice the armies in heaven, clothed in heaven, clothed in fine linen, excuse me. Yeah, clothed in heaven, clothed with heaven, that's pretty good. Yeah. White and clean, they followed him on white horses. They followed him on white horses. He's the shepherd. Even when he returns, he comes, we follow. I like that. Do you follow Jesus? Are you following him? Are you following your own plan? Are you following somebody else? I want to encourage you to follow Jesus. It's the only safe thing. It's the only blessed way. Narrow is the way, narrow is the gate. Narrow and difficult it is, but oh, you're going to be blessed. And if you're on that path already, don't give up, don't be discouraged. You keep staying on that path. He's the one who keeps you on the path. You abide in him and he will keep you on that path. Even when you're distraught and discouraged and angry and confused and frustrated, you just stay on the path, you just stay on the path, abide in him. And our text says, yet, verse 5, yet they will by no means follow a stranger. If I walked up to that group of, of sheep when we were in Bethlehem, if the shepherd sat down and I started making noises, and I've actually seen this happen, you know, someone thinks, well, I can get the, sheep's, the sheep attention, right? So uh, someone else will start making, you know, clicking their fingers or making some noise. Them out. The sheep look at them and go, who are you? You don't feed us. You don't take the, you know, you don't put the medicine around my eyes. You don't pick the ticks and the fleas off me. You don't shorn me when it's hot. Who are you? What have you done for me lately? The sheep looks at you like, who are you? I'm not going to listen to you. I got a shepherd who cares for me. Why am I, why don't I, I'm wasting my time.
That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.